0: Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: If you could learn more about spirituality and how it can work in your favor, would you be intrigued? Of course you would. It's time to get real. This is Get Real Radio with your host, James Robinson. In our show, we'll interview fascinating guests with the intent of bringing you closer to who you really want to be. Get ready for some of the most profound radio on any airwaves today. Now, here is James
2: Robinson. Hello, everyone. This is Get Real Radio, and I'm your host, James Robinson. And today, I'm going to be talking about wellness. One of the things that I observe and witness over and over and over again is that people want to be healthy, they want to be happy, and they want to do the things that are will produce good results for them, but they just uh, don't seem to be able to bring it all together. So today I thought I would talk about some suggestions or tips or steps that people can take that I've learned through my journey and and study with a lot of different spiritual teachers and health gurus and other people that uh, have helped me along the way and helped me be healthy and happy. So the first thing, jumping right in, is that I think that we are human beings I don't think anybody's going to uh, contradict me on that, but we have to be conscious about how we treat ourselves. You know, one of the big things about uh, self-help books and wellness books and all of the spiritual literature out there co- comments on and talks about is the relationship to ourselves is is probably the most important relationship. That we are going to have in our lifetime. You know, there's a lot of books about how to attract your soulmate. There are a lot of books about how to become wealthy. There's lots of books about how to be healthy. But you know, at the bottom of all of that is a just a fundamental premise that how we treat ourselves has everything to do with the kind of life we experience and we can you know this starts the day we're born so if we were not raised with parents who were particularly conscious or we were raised in an environment that health and and happiness was not a was not very predominant in other words it was survival of the fittest then probably we have issues that we've been working with all our lives and and that's why we go buy all the books on Happiness and wellness, and and everything else, to try to sort out and try to figure out what it is that is causing us to suffer. So, this isn't going to, today's show isn't going to be so much about psychology or religion. It's going to be just some practical suggestions about how we can make our life better, more fun, and happier and lighter. And so we can just enjoy the heck out of what we're doing. And as I said, the first thing I want to talk about is our body. And the most important aspect about that is, what are we feeding ourselves? What are we putting into our body? What are we uh, nurturing our body with, or what are we polluting our body with? Because it is a machine, and it is a physical phenomenon, and, and it's important what kind of fuel we put in our body. It's important what kind of environment we subject our body to. And it's it's you know, that pretty much determines totally what we experience. So the, the first thing suggestion I would have for people is to be aware of what you're thinking about when you are eating, chewing, swallowing, and also preparing your food. One of the things that I have studied with uh, one particular teacher I spent two years with was she was adamant that what you think about when you prepare your food is just is just as important as the food itself. And I have ex- my experiences is that, that is spot on. It's ac- very accurate. Sometimes you can go into a restaurant. Let me share this with you. I've I've gone into restaurants and the food tasted burned it didn't look like it was burned but you it was overdone or it was um you know just didn't taste right it didn't taste like somebody took their time and was focused on what they're doing and and that's exactly what i'm talking about because one restaurant i went to the steak came out and i took a couple of bites of it and i could tell that the chef was upset about something So I sent it back, and I told the waiter to share with the chef that whatever he's thinking about is making his food uh, really bad. And so he needed to uh, think happy thoughts. He He needed to focus on what he was doing and not be so angry or not be so distracted. And the chef actually came out and, and talked to me, and he said, you know, I, I appreciate you telling me that because I was angry at my wife because of something that had happened, and I wasn't even um, uh, thinking about the fact that I might be preparing the food incorrectly. So when you are preparing your food, just think thoughts of love, of happiness, of generosity, of acceptance. All you have to do is say these words and, and think about these words going into the food. You can think of kindness. You can think of healing. You can think of anything you want to think of that's positive, that as you're thinking of it, just imagine those thoughts going into your food. And that's really what chicken soup, you know, all these books about chicken soup is is because when we were sick and our mother or our parents or our caregiver was making chicken soup to make us feel better, they were pouring their love into that chicken soup. They were thinking healthy, you know, healing thoughts. They were wishing that you were better. And so it's really important to be aware of what you're thinking when you're stirring the food, when you're serving the food, when you're buying the food. And uh, it's amazing how little this may or unimportant this may seem, but it has a profound effect on how your food tastes, how it will digest, and how it, what your experience is is when you're eating it. Now, when I was growing up, my mom always told me that you need to chew your food at least 20 times. And the reason for that is the digestive process actually starts in your mouth. And although the Indian Ayurvedic doctors will tell you it starts with your fingers, and that's why it's it's the, te- the feel of the food as you put it in your mouth that actually starts the digestive juices flowing in your mouth and your intestines. So you, you might want to consider using your fingers every once in a while. Um, but if it's not appropriate, then just think about, think happy thoughts as you're chewing your food because you're putting your consciousness, you're putting your awareness into this food just as if you were cooking it for someone else. Uh, One of the more popular gurus named Osho recommended that you chew your food 45 times until it was liquefied and never swallow anything that was solid. And the reason for this is there's actually a nutritional reason, and that is the reason we have teeth is to liquefy the food so it can be more easily digested in the stomach and intestinal linings. Our stomach and our intestines don't do a very good job with solid food. So the more we can chew it up, the more that we can liquefy it, the easier it is will be to... Uh, digest it easily, gently, and quickly. Another thing that has to do with consciousness, but it has a practical effect on your eating experience, is what you're thinking about when you're eating. And one of the tips that uh, my spiritual teacher, Derek O'Neill, gave us was that when you sit down to eat, that the first bite, should be chewed and swallowed thinking that you are feeding God. In other words, you're offering this mouthful to God, however you conceive of that, whether it's a Christian God or or Buddha or whatever divine being that you may think created you. Offer that first mouthful to that being or that energy so that you're in a actually being of service as you're eating your food. The second bite that you take, you should be thinking about giving that and sharing that with hungry people in the world, the people that are starving. You know, one of the things that we forget about so many times in this, uh, particularly in this country, is how well we have it and, uh, you know, how abundant we are just by being in this country. I mean, we eat better. If we lived out of dumpster dumpsters, we would eat better than 90% of the the world. And so one of the ways that we can make eating a more spiritual and more rewarding experience is to think about sharing the taste of the food, the feel of the food in your mouth, and the nutrition that you're going to get from that food with all of the starving people in the world. And people who know anything about quantum physics and and new science knows that this energy field that we live in, there are constant communication with everybody in the world. I mean, we're connected, we're not separate, and whether you really buy into that or not, the fact is is that if you chew your food and you're thinking about someone who needs it more than you, that will enhance the flavor, it will enhance the nutrition, and you will have a better experience. And then the third bite that you take, think about it offering that to you because this is your body is your temple, and what you put into your mouth is how you're treating your temple. And if you're treating this um temple, as a sacred temple, then the nutrition that you're getting will be much enhanced. There are some also some pretty common sense things, and if you, unless you don't read any nutritional articles and you know nothing about nutrition, I highly recommend that you stay away from prepackaged foods and anything that has preservatives or steroids or anything like that in it, because I won't go into the whys and wherefores on all of that. But just, you know, if you're putting toxic chemicals into your body, two things are going to happen. One is you're going to get sick, and the second is you're going to get fat. You may not realize it, but fat serves a purpose in our body, and that is to take the toxins out of our system. Fat stores toxins and eliminates it. Um, And so when you're eating toxic food that has a lot of... uh, Preservatives or anything that's toxic, you're just going to end up creating fat in your body, and in order to protect yourself. Another issue, as far as what you're putting in your body, has to do with addictions. Now, this show is not about how to heal addictions, but just be aware that if you're addicted to something, then that is not doing your body any good because you're not eating it because of the fact that you recognize the need for it in your system. You're not being very conscious about it. It's a habit, and it's probably a very toxic habit. So if you're smoking, drinking, drugging, eating Doritos or whatever you're addicted to, then you need to do whatever you can to stop that. The final thing about what you're putting into your body is what are you thinking about all day long? Because the thoughts that you entertain all day long are just as much a part as what you're subjecting your body to as food or drink or any, or water or whatever else you put in your body. If you can think positive thoughts all day long, I know that's difficult because we're human and sometimes we think negative thoughts, but positive thoughts – will actually lighten the mood, it will make us happier, we'll enjoy our day better. The next thing I want to talk about is being clean. And that kind of piggybacks on what I just said about uh, our thoughts being important, not only as nutritious, but it's also what kind of environment we're subjecting our body to. The food and nutrition is the inner landscape. The environment is the outer landscape. So what are you thinking about? What are you looking at? How are you perceiving things? What are you really subconsciously saying to yourself about what you're perceiving? perceiving? Look at your environment. Are you surrounded by plastic? Are you surrounded by artificial substances? Are you surrounded by toxic substances? I, as a healer, I see people being sick all the time because they're they've got some kind of cleaner or industrial chemicals in, under their sink. If you've got health problems, you probably want to go under your sink or in your pantry and clear out everything that's not healthy, or or, or is not to- or that is toxic because this can really uh, damage your health. How about the people that you associate with and your friends? Are you around happy people? Are you around depressing people? Are you around people who have nothing good to say about anybody? What about how do you think about yourself? What kind of thoughts are you telling yourself when you pass a mirror? What kind of thoughts are you talking to yourself about as you go about your daily work? Are you happy with yourself? Do you love yourself? Do you enjoy yourself, or are you constantly self-criticizing? Are you constantly telling yourself that you're a victim? Are you constantly telling yourself that there's something wrong with you? All of these things will lower your consciousness. It will make you sick, unhappy, and depressed. Think thoughts like, I am happy. Think thoughts like, "I, I love... One where you wake up in the morning, you look up and look in the mirror and you say, you good looking devil, don't you ever die. And so you can always change the way that you're thinking about yourself and you can change the way that you think about your environment. You can think I am healthy. You can think I, you know, life is getting better. All of these affirmations that you can tell yourself that will have a physical effect on how you feel. So when we come back, we'll be talking about some, some more suggestions on how to increase your wellness, your happiness, and your well-being. This is Get Real Radio, and I'm your host, James Robinson.
1: Tune in to Family Caregivers Unite, live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America
0: Variety. Adoption changes a family forever. For the adopters as well as the adoptees, there are many adjustments that need to be made, from lifestyle to financial and the personal rewards are unlimited. Listen every week for Your Adoption Coach with Kelly Ellison. We will examine in detail such topics as international and domestic adoption. We will talk with adoption professionals and hear stories about real families adopting. If you've been thinking about adoption or recently began the process, you'll want to tune in to be inspired every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern
3: Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety. in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time.
1: You are listening to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. We'd love to hear from you. Please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's toll free 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to Mr. James Media at gmail.com. That's mr. James Media at gmail.com.
2: Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Get Real Radio. I'm your host, James Robinson, and we're talking about wellness today. And in the first segment, we talked about what we put into our bodies, whether it's food or environmental issues or our thoughts. And now I want to talk about how do we raise our mood? How do we be happy? How can we do things that uh, maybe jumpstart our day? And the most important thing I've found is to be creative. You know, all the literature you can read, and it's a big... uh, uh, talking point these days that we have a left brain and a right brain. The left brain being logical, the right brain being creative and intuitive. I feel like most people don't use their right brain enough. And that is because that we're always in survival mode, we're always trying to figure things out and we're trying to survive and we're trying to make money and we're trying to deal with other people. This doesn't leave a lot of room for creativity and intuition and pleasure and and making the world a more fun place to live. So one of the things that I found is very helpful is the very first thing in the morning, you should go outside and walk barefoot on the ground, on the grass. Now, if you live in the city and you can't find a place to do that, just take your shoes off and walk around on your carpet and imagine that you're walking on the grass because it's your intention that is important here. It's, it's what your brain is thinking. It's not that you're physically on a lawn or something, it's, but it's that your, your brain can take a deep breath, and your brain can relax, and your brain can just uh, allow itself to remove itself from the day-to-day grind. It's, this also applies to what you do on your, uh, in your free time. Do you create art? Do you draw? Do you paint? Do you do pottery? Is there anything you do to create something? When you do this, you it will make a profound difference in the way that you feel about your life and the feel about what you're doing. If you can go create something, then you can start to connect with your divine energy because it's the divine energy that's a creative process play a musical instrument, bang on a drum, play music on your stereo or on your iPod, write. You don't have to be a great writer. Just write whatever comes to mind. You can journal. You, you know, this, this is a, you're creating something that did not exist before. And in this creative process, in the creation process, you begin to feel More alive. You begin to feel more worthwhile. You can see that you have self worth. And, you know, one thing that my neighbors have asked me not to do is sing, but you can sing and you can do whatever frees your soul and allows you to experience even a few moments of something that's higher, more pleasant than just doing day-to-day work. Probably the most important thing any of us can do to enjoy our life is to be grateful. We need to get into the habit of saying thank you and mean it. Starting with the first thought in your morning should be thank you. It doesn't have to be any more specific than that. Just the fact that we woke up is more than enough reason to be grateful. It doesn't matter what we wake up to, but it is important that we be grateful for the opportunity to experience another day on Earth. Also, when we go to sleep at night, it's very important to say thank you for the day and the opportunity to have another one. These simple thoughts when we wake up and we go to sleep can have a profound effect on how we experience life. Now, if you can be grateful for the stuff that you like in your life, try being grateful for the stuff that you don't like. Perhaps you're having a problem with somebody. Perhaps you're having health issues. Perhaps you're having financial issues. There's Everyone knows the list of things we can have problems with. But one of the ways that we can raise our consciousness, raise our awareness, and raise our emotions is to actually practice feeling grateful for the stuff we don't like. One of the things that I used to say to my students is is that you have to be able to be happy that you're unhappy. If you can be happy that you're unhappy, then you're enlightened. You've, you've figured it out, you don't have to do any more, just go enjoy life, because if you're happy when you're unhappy, there is no unhappiness. Remember that everything is a gift, and I mean that, you know, that there's an old uh, trite cliche that that's why they call it the present, but Every day, every moment, every breath, every experience is a gift that we've been given to enjoy life. Now, there are certainly experiences that are easier to enjoy than others. However, if you are enlightened enough, if you are conscious enough, if you are aware enough to be able to appreciate everything in your life as a gift, you've got it made there's there's no reason for you to keep struggling because you you are enlightened you are a master find the silver lining in everything find the lesson whether it's disease or poverty or pain or suffering or any of these happening to people you love this is all something that we have been given to learn how to grow and to experience life as God intended us to experience it. One of the things that I firmly believe and I've, what I've experienced over and over again is that God only gives us love. God does not give us pain. We're responsible for that. And in doing that, one of the, the next suggestion that I have in order to enjoy wellness is to detach And that's a popular word in New Age philosophy these days. But what it means is basically take a step back from what's happening in your life. When we are in the midst of a big melodrama, when we're in the midst of a great crisis, it's very difficult to understand that this is not real, that it's an illusion that we are creating to become enlightened. Now, if somebody, if you've just been fired, or if one of your loved ones is sick, and you're, or there's something that you feel you're responsible for, it's very difficult to detach from these experiences. It's very difficult to detach from guilt and shame and resentment. However, this is how you know that you're evolving. This is how you know that you're growing spiritually because these all are opportunities to practice detachment and not take things personally. If something happens to us that we don't like, it's an opportunity to practice gratitude. It's an opportunity to practice detachment. It's an opportunity to practice meditation or to look at or or devotion or faith or trust in our divine creator, however you define that. The thing that we have to remember is that we are not our thoughts. Our thoughts and our thoughts are not real because our thoughts are what causes disease. Our thoughts are what causes us stress. Whatever's happening in the moment is not causing us stress. It's how we perceive it that's causing us stress. So what we have to do is separate ourselves, step back from what we're perceiving, and just breathe. If we can just breathe and look at the big picture, then these, what I call the mouse turds, won't become so important. A lot of times, how many times I'll ask, our audience, how many times have you been worried to the to distraction over something and then find out that it wasn 't true or that we were making it up in my in our heads? I find that to be the case almost ninety percent of the time, and that worries about what 's going to happen in the future, worries about how am I going to deal with something worries about and I make this stuff up in my head all the time it 's like I must get bored or something because I start fantasizing these scenarios that I know that will drive me absolutely crazy. And I have to, what I'm learning slowly and slowly is that I don't have to do that. that. If I can step away from that, then life becomes peaceful. Life becomes happy. But if I'm sitting there thinking about all the different ways something can go wrong, I will suffer. I will be miserable and I'm the one that's doing all this. Nobody is doing it to me. The last thing I want to talk about detachment is don't compare yourself to others. And what I mean by that is there is always somebody that can do one thing or another thing better than we can, or they have one aspect of their life that might be, in our perception, might be better than or they may have something that we want. There are also just as many people and probably more that wish that they could be us. In other words, one of the things that uh people who teach workshops on this stuff say all the time is if you get a group of people around a table and they put their burdens on the table, you know, every time people will pick their own burdens back up because they don't want somebody else's. Just because somebody has money doesn 't mean they're happy they're probably just as miserable as as you unless they have started applying these principles in their life and and they know to be grateful they know to be creative they know to uh, don't take things personally and to be you know appreciative of the things that they do have in their life they don't go looking at people who may have more money and feel miserable because they've only got $10 million in their bank account. The only way you can be happy is to be happy and forget about the bank account. I found that out too many times as I have given away all of my money to charities or because of bad advice or or whatever that It doesn't matter whether I've got money or not. It doesn't matter whether I'm in a relationship or not. It doesn't matter what's going on outside of myself that will make me enjoy my life. It's what's going on between my ears that will help me enjoy my life. Now, for all of the people that uh, wish their life was different, they wish that they had a buff body, they wish that they were You know, young again, you know, that's a sure recipe for misery. But there are some things that we can do about it to make our life happier. One of the things that we can do is exercise. I know that's not a good word for a lot of people, but you don't have to be a CrossFit or a marathon runner or any kind of extreme sport to actually benefit from exercise. The benefit of exercise is the brain chemistry changes when we exercise. And we, when we do certain exercises, we, our brain actually creates and secretes these chemicals. They're called endorphins. They're called melatonin. They're called serotonin. And these chemicals allow us to actually feel better. They allow us to and they're very very powerful. They allow us to en- enjoy what we're doing. They allow us to experience life on a much more happy level than if we're sitting on a couch eating stuff that's not good for us, filling our body with toxins. If, you know, I went for a walk with a friend the night before last and That ended up being a very strenuous walk. We did some things like deep knee bends and some other things uh, about halfway through, but it was still just a walk. And to get outside and to breathe fresh air and to enjoy the night sky, you know, can completely change your mood. You don't have to be fanatic about this. Just do it regularly. And, you know, it'll make you feel better. You'll enjoy life. You know, just going out and using your body from time to time will really help you get a perspective on what we're doing here on this planet, because I think a lot of times if all we're doing is sitting behind a desk, crunching numbers, or trying to figure out how to get what we want, that we forget that we're on an absolutely gorgeous planet that has an absolutely unbelievable night sky, and... There are so many gifts that we can get by just going outside and looking up. In conjunction with this, I think one of the things we forget to do many times is to breathe. You know, there are whole yoga classes where all they do is breathe and teach you different ways to breathe. They're supposed to heal you. It's supposed to make you feel better. It's supposed to make you smarter, better looking. But I can tell you that I believe that most people... In our society, don't know how to breathe properly. And what you have to do is breathe deeply and slowly and develop a r- rhythm so that you breathe all the way down to the bottom of your lungs, that you breathe as deeply. You know, one of the exercises I used to do in meditation is imagine my diaphragm on the bottom of my feet and to breathe the oxygen in all the way down to the bottom of my feet and then exhale it out all the way up to the top of my head. And to avoid shallow breathing, you know, we've had shows in the past about where people talk about what happens to your brain when you don't breathe properly and that's where you go into fight or flight syndrome and life becomes very problematic at that point but if you can remember to breathe regularly and deeply all the way down to the bottom of your lungs fill up your lungs and then let it all out then you will be amazed at your change of mood and perception well we're going to take a break and this we're talking about wellness this is get real radio i'm your host james robinson and we'll be right back And we'll have lots more tips for you.
3: Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific for the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Pasilli, radio to thrive by.
2: What does a visual workplace mean to you? How does it contribute to operational excellence? And what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place? Listen to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense to find out. Each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace to speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business.
0: It's time to take a new look at some of life's changing moments. It's time to listen to an expert who has been there and can provide insight through experience, studies, and enlightening guests. Tune in to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Host Lindsay Levinson takes a look at relationships, parenting, health and wellness, divorce, depression, sexuality, philanthropy, and mental health. You'll look at everything you know in a different way. Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets, airs Wednesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety.
3: Is your business model robust
1: enough? In today's ever-changing business environment, people are working to transform themselves, their futures, and their business. Tune in to Business Reinvention with your host, Nancy Lynn. To stay ahead of the game in business, you have to constantly reinvent yourself and your organization. With Nancy's experience and that of her guest experts, you'll learn from stories of inspiration, innovation, and forward thinking. Listen for Business Reinvention, live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. you are listening to get real radio with james robinson we'd love to hear from you please call in to 1-866-472-5788 that's toll free 1-866-472-5788 or send an email to media at gmail.com that's media at gmail.com now back
2: to the show Welcome back to Get Real Radio. I'm your host, James Robinson, and we're talking today about wellness. And we've been talking in the first two segments about some of the physical things we can do, about the food we eat, about what we think about when we're eating it, our environment, uh, our moods and exercise, all the things that most people think about when you talk about improving your wellness. I want to talk about this during this last segment, about some things that most people forget about and these are the things that quite frankly separate the happy people from the miserable people. So if you're really serious about getting out of a miserable situation, these are the things that are really going to help you. The first thing is that you have to think about other people. One of the things that I've seen in my healing practice and just going around the world as many times as I've gone, is most people who are unhappy are unhappy because they feel that they are victims. And certainly we need to be concerned with our situation. We have to be concerned with our life. But I can tell you the quickest way out of victim thinking is to go help another person. I have two adult children, two sons, and every time when they were adolescents that they started feeling like they were unhappy or unloved or things weren't going their way, I would take them to a soup kitchen or I would take them to a homeless shelter, and we would spend the afternoon there devoting our time and efforts to try to help somebody else, and That's how you can create a better world. This is how you can create positive thoughts about yourself. Because when you're helping other people, you are actually fulfilling one of the purposes you have come to this planet. And a lot of people are looking for that great job, that passionate endeavor, that perfect soulmate. I can tell you that probably the primary reason we are here on this planet is to help each other. And when we're not doing that, we are going contrary to our primary purpose, and that is a sure cause of misery. So by serving others, you're also uh, healing other issues that may be going on. One is, is if you're helping somebody else, you can't feel lonely. A lot of people are sick and miserable and suffering because they feel alone. They don't feel loved. So if you can go help somebody, just once a week is all it, or even more if you can or less if you can't. But at least once a week, go help somebody who is less fortunate than yourself, and you will be with somebody. You will be with somebody that actually is grateful for the fact that you're breathing air on this planet. And I think that that, in a large measure, is what we're all looking for, that self-validation. That self worthiness, that have somebody acknowledge the fact that we are on this planet and we are worthy. And you have to go help somebody else in order to feel that way. Go online, look and see what opportunities there are to serve other people. There are plenty of homeless shelters, there are plenty of soup kitchens, there are lots, there are hospitals galore. You can go volunteer your time and Start feeling better about yourself because when you're fulfilling your purpose, you become happy. It doesn't matter where you are in relationships. It doesn't matter where you are with your finances. It doesn't matter where you are with your help. If you go help another person, I will promise you that you will feel better. And if you don't, come see me and we'll talk about it. The next thing I would like to talk about on top of serving others, is that a lot of people say they're happy, but if you look at them, you would swear that they are anything but happy. They're frowning all the time, or they're stressed out, or they don't have a nice thing to say about anything, but if you ask them, they say, oh, yeah, I'm happy. Well, this is, I think, a common defense mechanism that people use when they're unhappy Because they don't want people to know that they're unhappy because that may mean that there's something wrong with them. But if you are happy or if you want to be happy, sometimes you just have to fake it till you make it. Sometimes you just have to pretend that you're happy and then let life take its course. Because what I've found is is that in a large uh, number of areas, whether it's healing or your work or whatever else, sometimes even all of the law of attraction stuff and how to manifest and how to manifest abundance, one of the ways that they tell you to do that is to imagine that it's already happened and then live your life that way. And so if you want to be happy, imagine that you're happy. Smile. Look at, funny movies. I went to a workshop one time and and the person said, are you happy? And everybody clapped and cheered. And she said, well, tell your faces. Because everybody was so serious. You know, one of the things that I find hilarious is that you go to spiritual conferences or you go to spiritual workshops and everybody's so darn serious. I, I think we're missing the boat with that. I think that we all ought to be the laughing and and having fun. And, you know, there are workshops that I go to that are a barrel of laughs. And we have a great time. We have an uplifting time. We're all energized and we're ready to go out and conquer the world. But a lot of times I go to workshops and it's not that way. And whenever I teach a workshop, the very first thing I talk about is, what are you expecting? Are you, do you want to be happy? And are you willing to do whatever it takes to be happy? Are you willing to drop your mask? Are you willing to tell people what's really going on in your heart and in your head? Are you willing to share your vulnerability? Because if you can't do that, if you're going to be behind a mask that Oh, I'm happy all of the time, and nothing bothers me when when that's not true, then you're not gonna grow. I mean you can't the one person that you can't lie to is yourself so why are you lying to everybody else? if you're chronically depressed and you don't know how to to deal with that? go get some help, go see a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Go see a counselor. Don't be bashful about your happiness. Happiness is your responsibility. And I think that's one reason why we fall into addictions is because somehow a lot of times we're suffering and we want to find something that will relieve that suffering and we, and we turn to things that we put into our body or gambling or sex or whatever it is to... Uh, to change our mood. But if you're suffering, you have to share that with somebody that can help you, that can lead you to a happier place. Who do you spend, for example, who do you spend your time with? Do you spend your time with people who are depressed? Do you spend your time with people who are addicted to substances or people, places, or things? Are you, look at, this is going back to your environment, which we talked about in the first segment, but are you with happy people? Go find some happy people. Go do something new. Go do something you've never done before. I always love bowling. I do it about once every 20 years, whether I need to or not, but I have a great time bowling. And if I really need to get out of a depression I don't know what it is about bowling. Maybe it's the fact that I get to knock something down a couple of times. But whatever it is that you want to do, go do something different. Now, one of the things that ties into this is finding a teacher. Now, I'm not recommending this to everybody because everybody doesn't need a teacher or a mentor or a guide. There are lots of them out there. I've had some great ones. I've had some that... Uh, I will never forget. You know, one of the great teachings I've I've always had was there are two kinds of teachers. They're the ones that teach us how to be, and they're ones that teach us how not to be. And so we have to use our own discretion about which teachers we choose to spend our time with. You know, we're all teachers to each other uh, as a practical matter, and we learn so much from each other we learn the most from people that piss us off but when we find a teacher who has special knowledge that has experiences that will help our life more meaning make our life more meaningful or help explain to us what is happening in our life so that we can become peaceful about it those are the teachers that you need to go find you know i I spend a lot of time with Derek O'Neill, who is in Ireland, uh, who has been a great benefit to me. But go find one that you resonate with. Go find one that is can help you find the happiness that you need. If, if you don't know any, give me a call. I'll be happy to suggest some for you. But whether it's uh, your pastor, your priest, your rabbi, your any kind of spiritual leader if they give you comfort and direction go for that you know you because we all are in, on different places on our path you know some people are further along than others and that's only because they've had more experiences than most of us they've had experiences with living through stuff that we may be living through right now and they know the things that work and they know the things that don't work so That's why mentors or guides or teachers can be so valuable because they have some practical knowledge that can help us get through the crap and because they've been through it themselves. And it's not that they're any better than us. It's just that they've experienced something that can be helpful for us. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is our perception and our focus. Because at the end of the day, what we think about completely determines the kind of life we experience. A lot of times we're experiencing thoughts. I think the latest survey I saw said that we have about 60,000 thoughts a day. There's absolutely no way that we can remember every single thought. And on, and underneath that, we have our subconscious mind that is that has thoughts running a million miles a minute that we're not even aware of. And, you know, God bless them, psychologists, psychiatrists, and a large number of New Age spiritualists are all set to explain all that to you. But I think that one of the ways that we can start becoming aware of what we're thinking is to keep a journal and one way is to keep just for five minutes i mean good lord this will burn you out so fast if you don't take this slow but just for five minutes try to write down every thought that comes through your mind i promise you you can't do it because our mind is too quick but just write as many down as you can and then look and see what's going through your mind As you go through the day, just make little notes to yourself what you're thinking about topics. Or are you feeling happy? Are you feeling sad? Are you feeling abandoned? Are you feeling rejected? Are you feeling lonely? And at the end of the day, before you go to sleep, take a look at what you've been thinking about all day long. Because this is what's creating your reality. If all you can do is think thoughts about you know i wish i could find my soulmate or i wish i could find a job that is going to bring me enough money to i can live the lifestyle that i would like to become accustomed these are negative thoughts that are going to doom us to suffering now if you're thinking more along the lines of boy this is fun i am happy i'm having a great time my soulmate is going to have so much fun when they get here my the job I'm going to get is just going to be a riot and I'm going to have such a great time, but I'm really enjoying myself right now. You can feel the difference in those two types of thoughts. You can, you know, and it's, you know, a long time ago, a man wrote a book called The Power of Positive Thinking and he was so true because our thoughts create our perception and our perception creates our reality. You know, happy people think thoughts that make them happy. Sad, depressed, and miserable people think thoughts that make them sad, miserable, and depressed. And the truth of the matter is is that each one of us is powerful enough to choose which thoughts we think. So, to come full circle, you know, I started this program with watch what you think when you're eating. And this actually is sound advice, and what I've learned after ten years of studying with spiritual masters, and and learning magic, and and making all kinds of um, people might call them mistakes, but they were really learning experiences. This is probably the most important thing for your wellness, and that is what do you think about, because. If you're thinking healthy thoughts, you will be happy and healthy and sane, and people will be knocking on your door. If you're thinking negative thoughts, if you're thinking thoughts that are making you sick and miserable, then you're going to experience a completely different experience. But you are the one that's in control of that. And if you don't believe me, just do it for one day. Try to think of uh, thoughts that are positive, are happy, for just for one day. And I believe that we're running out of time, and I just wanted to say that this has been very, very powerful for me because all of these things that I've discussed today have made a huge difference in my life. And I look forward to sharing more powerful principles with you for health and wealth. And uh, we will let you know as these segments come up on these topics, because I know you'll benefit from them as well. But this is Get Real Radio. I'm your host, James Robinson. And thank you so much for letting me share these principles for wellness.